Well, welcome, guys. This is uh, your father's favorite movies, the podcast where we cover movies that your dad thought was probably pretty cool back in the day and give a fresh generational perspective on. Today we're covering 1987's RoboCop. Uh, we have a couple first-time viewers. Uh, I'm Kai Holland. I'm joined by... I'm Derek Julian. I'm Jake. And I'm Ryan V. And uh, Derek and Jake, first-time view. I've been waiting to ask you guys. I've been really excited. What do you guys think? thought it was amazing. It was, it was everything that I thought it would be. I thought it was actually going to be a darker movie. I didn't expect so many one-liners and like ridiculous like for for some reason i expected it to be a darker movie yeah and it was it was very much like hilarious one-liners ridiculous gore you didn't expect so much comedy i didn't expect as much comedy yeah so i was i was uh, pleasantly surprised i wonder if that has something good. to do with how you saw how you first experienced robocop was the remake like the 2013 or 14 or whatever it was absolutely and that I'm was sure that was less funny yeah it was it was very much a more serious movie uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. I had seen bits and pieces on TV. And I was like, "Oh, cool, some some silly, you know, '80s action." But then seeing it all together was like, "Oh, this is like a mystery." And it, I don't know. It was a cool. It's a cool story, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, we're also joined by Ryan. He's our guest for this episode. Yes, first time podcaster. This this was uh, the movie that you were like, "Yeah, this I would I would do this with." with you guys i had to put it out there dude yeah because i like i texted you uh i just burned the vhs out man i've started watching this when i was like seven for whatever reason my mom bought this this movie for me uh she <laughs> she thought that seven? was that was good viewing material yeah oh um my God. <laughs> and uh yeah and i mean coupled with the fact that it took place in detroit which like has a very similar vibe to cleveland Right. So right. I, I felt like I could really vibe with Detroit. It. Represent. What, what about the uh, Detroit setting uh, made you feel like this was a vibe that you could relate to growing up in Cleveland? Well, the cities are very similar uh, in size, their location. Like it's just, Rust I Belt. mean, it's a Rust Belt city. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of grunge, which is. Snow's there. Which is really the vibe that you get. Oh, you're a, you're a Detroit guy. Yeah, you? yeah, that's right. Oh you're, shit, we yeah. got yeah, yeah. And it was a hundred percent. It was a hundred percent geographically accurate to uh, to Detroit and Cleveland, probably. Both oh yeah, yeah. Equally. So so it was spot on, man. <laughs> I felt like it it had that kind of vibe too. Like right, it, I thought that the intro was great. Like me and Jake were kind of like poking at the intro a little as it was happening because it's just like the movie opens. And it's this view of Detroit, and it's like flying over with like the Dutch angle to make it <laughs> yeah. kind of sinister, and it's dark and cold and dingy, and then it's just like, Pew, RoboCop. And I heard Derek <laughs> chuckle as he yeah, the like, title. It's, just, it's like it was just so like they didn't it, like it was movies don't simple. start like that anymore. With the synthesizer, right, right, right. it was yeah. great. Yeah, and then I did that whole like TV segment. We just watched TV for ten minutes. Yeah, and there was a lot of information. I was like, which of this is going to be important? Like, I was trying, as a first-time right. viewer, I was like, oh, whoa, okay. Because it so. start, started with, like, this nuclear crisis in South Africa, which uh -huh. they never talked about again. No. And then there was the president, there, there, uh, and his his cabinet flew to the, the Star Wars Space Center, and then they lost gravity for, like, 30 seconds. That but. was hilarious. And <laughs> then there was a commercial about replacing hearts with artificial hearts. Yeah, Yamaha. Like, oh, these are the guys that are going to make... Rob, uh, Robocop, and that was also incorrect, yeah, but totally unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I was thinking about that too because it happened throughout the whole movie, and maybe it was like a way of like 
tuning into just the universe that mm-hmm. the, that the story was taking place. In and like, That's the vibe I got. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's yeah. the vibe I got. Here, here's a question that I I have for you, Derek. How have you not seen this movie up till now? Chance, because like this is like, is your dad seen this movie? Because this feels like an '80s action movie. Like I know that is. It feels like a movie that you should have introduced me to. I know, I know, I, and I think. My dad was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, so yeah. I feel like he just kind of gravitated when it came to these kind of ridiculous movies. He gravitated towards Rambo and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you know, and so like that was sort of the universe. He's he's kind of a creature of habit. He didn't dive into the other stuff. What's well, really. funny? Jake was just saying in Mortal Kombat you can play as Rambo, the mm-hmm. Terminator, or RoboCop. Yep, and yeah. I'm pretty sure they're all voiced. At least Arnold and uh, Stallone voiced the wow. uh, the characters. I don't know who voiced RoboCop. Well, I'm excited for that. What do you play it on? Is it on PlayStation Five or? Yeah, it, it's, I say the new Mortal Kombat. It might be like the second to newest. It's it's been out for a few years. Oh shoot, man, I'm huh. missing out. But you can just watch. I just, I just seen. I've actually never played it, but I've seen like some YouTube videos of RoboCop fighting um, Terminator, like you guys were talking about, and their little one-liners against Dang, each other. Dude, I'm excited for that. Pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. So. I'll get into uh, the origins of this movie. So uh, in 1981, there was a guy named Ed Newmeyer, 24 years old. He got a job reading scripts at Warner Brothers lot, and he was so bored that he would sneak off during his breaks, and he would sneak onto the set of movies that were being made. One of those movies was Blade Runner. Blade Runner, of course, is this like futuristic movie. There's replicants that are that look like people, but they're actually robots. And so he was kind of. Um, very intrigued about the whole story and he saw a prop which was a police car and he was like oh yeah like a robot police guy and he visualized the a robot sitting next to the police car and then suddenly the title robocop came up in his mind and for the next eight years that became his passion project that he wanted to get made uh he met another writer named Michael Miner, who was also thinking of a similar themed movie around the robo or a robot and uh, together they made a screenplay and started pitching it to all the studios in Hollywood. All of them passed, except for one, which had just made a film called The Terminator, which was a mega uh, unexpected success. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to capitalize on the sci-fi genre. So they greenlit RoboCop. That was Orion Pictures. And then uh, they had a greenlit movie, so they just had to find a director. Um, what do you guys think of the title, RoboCop? Is it, does it hurt or help the movie? Because this was a big issue back then. It's perfect. What, what, like, what would it? What it would it be? Yeah, it, it says what it means, and it means what it says. I mean, it's just right <laughs> there for you. The text, I the text is good. Like the the placement of the O's in it. It's a balanced Robo-com. title, and the R and the B and the P all have the same look. Yeah, like they have the same top loop. I was like, this is a perfect title of a movie. Visually, it flows. It rolls off the sense. tongue. Yeah, Robocop. Yeah. yeah. And they can even say it in the movie, and it's not even weird when they say it. Like, it was weird when they said face-off 15 times. In it, face it was weird when they inserted face-off. But you're saying that it was somewhat controversial? Well, the <laughs> thing is, um, directors that wanted to take themselves seriously, they would get a script called RoboCop, and they'd be like, I'm not going to make a fucking, you know, robot kids movie. It's just, it's, uh, there isn't a It sounds the- silly, is, is what you're driving <laughs> they at. They want it to be taken yeah. seriously, yeah. Yeah, a lot of directors judge the screenplay by its cover, and they just see RoboCop, and they read the first page, and they're like, you know, this fucking piece of trash. Yeah, it's unrefined. Yeah. <laughs> RoboCop. So, apparently, like, there's dozens and dozens of directors. They spent six months trying to find a director willing to direct it. Uh, they 
give it to this Dutch guy, Paul uh, Verhoeven, who had just directed his first American movie with Orion Pictures. He reads the first screen, the first page of the screenplay, throws it in the trash. Um, his wife finds it in the trash. She reads the entire screenplay and was like, hey, why did you throw this out? This is actually really good. And so he reads it. He takes a second look. He's like, well, there's, uh, there's layers to this. There's like a you know, subtext about capitalism. And, and he's, like, um, he's like, yeah, this RoboCop character is an American Jesus that uses a gun. So he, <laughs> he gets resurrected. He's, it's a very American story. So yeah, yeah. He, I wonder if the first page was the news. You know, we talked about how the, it opened on like yeah. the news. Yeah, I don't know. At that point, it, it could have been anything. It went but, through a few drafts. Before, yeah, I'm sure. Then. But it does anyway. have some ridiculous aspect to it. I can see where. I'm curious what I'm curious what he threw in the trash. Is <laughs> yeah. all I'm all I'm curious yeah. about. What scene did was he like? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, look, at the end of the day, I feel like you could take any movie, any movie that, that even won an Oscar, and you could degrade it to some silly name <laughs> that at face value would sound absurd. Yeah, Schindler's List. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, so there you are. Uh, and so could you find a, a deeper title for RoboCop? Absolutely, you could. However, I think for what the movie is, RoboCop fit just fine. Yeah. And it just took Verhoeven's wife to dig it out of the trash. I I, I mean, yeah, the, uh, oh, they considered changing the title to make it more marketable because uh, they were like, yeah, this doesn't sound like a movie that was intended for adults, and this is going to be an R-rated movie for sure. Hmm. Uh, I think I read it was actually X-rated. That's in, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, they had to submit it to the, the MPAA ratings. Yeah. 12 times wow. before they would take it down to an R. It just kept getting an X rating. Why? So what the hell did they have to cut out? Uh, so more titties and this, or less titties? There was actually... I feel like the titties were fine, dude. It was, yeah. yeah, it's all violent. It was all, there was the scene where they shot Murphy. Was that was longer. already pretty ruthless. And uh, in, the, in the scene where... Uh, what's the robot... In the, like oh, the, Ed 209? Yeah, Ed 209, yeah, yeah. where he shoots the first guy in the yeah. boardroom. That, part, that was probably the most Dude, he blew part him of the to, movie. Dude, he blew <laughs> yeah. him into ground beef. So, what what could have been better about Apparently that? Apparently that scene was like 30 seconds longer of him just getting <laughs> <laughs> shot. But I, I have, he just unloaded 400 rounds into that poor bastard. You guys know what the, the film term a squib is? A squib? Yeah, it's like an explosive blood device. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you put it like, you explode okay. and the blood comes out. So the actors wear that when they get shot. The actor who played that boardroom guy... It is in history as the the actor most the most squibs ever like for a scene <laughs> is that scene. In that scene To this day, huh? That not just the scene, that, that shot took two days to film because they would have to do the shot, he'd clean them back up, install all the squibs. They spent two days just doing him getting shot. Oh my god. In that opening and scene. And it was worth wow. it. Wow. But then they had to cut like half of that just to make the uh, the R rating. They so, put five hundred squibs so, on him, they could only use two hundred of them, huh? Yeah, was yeah, that the squib rating that makes it between X the and R? squid budget they could have saved a ton on. It I feel like because things, we progressively get more desensitized to stuff, do you think that if this movie came out now, that that scene would have been totally A-OK R-rated? <laughs> it, it's surprising now to be like, we're, they're going to give an X rating for violence, and now it's like, yeah, the, there's, yeah. Way, there's way more violent and gruesome stuff that's come out since 1987 that I think it's just sort of like, you know, there's it's been a gradual like loosening of of the rating system. Yeah, all thanks to RoboCop. You know, 
that scene was not short. The, the scene we're talking about with the machine gun on the the office guy who was lit up and turned into meat. Uh, they cut so they they cut about thirty seconds of that. I don't know how many seconds it do was, you, but it was supposed to be a lot longer. Do you really think that thirty more seconds of that would traumatize anybody more than what we like? Yeah, how yeah. much that's, worse could it have gotten? That's yeah. what the director was arguing. He's like, actually, the way that I intended the violence to look is that it's so over the top that it almost looks it's ridiculous it's, it's like you can't take the violence seriously because it's clearly a gag because then the first line is like can somebody get a paramedic <laughs> tourniquet is this neck. guy needs a doctor and then the guy's like uh, i am very disappointed like, don't worry it's just a glitch <laughs> I, just nobody in that whole boardroom really seemed to care after he was dead yeah, well, it's like, to well, he, well he's gone. We, we can't really do much about it. That yeah. was honestly one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. And like, I was after that point, I was like, I like this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. it was action and hilarity. Right, yeah. solid way to set the, the tone. Absolutely. Solid way. Yep. Totally. Uh, and I, that must be why they spent two days on it. I mean, I think he he just knew that that was gonna do that for everybody. For sure. Just it's, gonna set the tone. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. It really did. <laughs> And it, uh, yeah, so the MPA, the scene that they actually wanted them to cut out is the scene where, um, I forget the name of the villain, but he drives a truck into toxic waste and then he turns into this oh, yeah. mutant. And uh, the MPA was like, that's the scene that if you if you cut that scene, we'll give you an R rating. <laughs> and they, and Paul Verhoeven fought back. He's like, no, that gets the biggest laugh in the test audiences. We're never cutting that <laughs> so scene. So he actually liked that it made people laugh. Yeah, that that like, that was why he wanted that. Yeah, because the they, <laughs> I mean, him and the writers were, uh, what they were behind is like, this is a dark movie with a really dark sense of humor, and they okay. really wanted to keep that sense of humor in it. Yeah, I like this Paul. Yeah, yeah I like him too because like he's not taking vibe. himself too seriously. Yeah, you know, yes. it's like he's not trying to make a super serious action movie. He's like, no man, make it be ridiculous. Like, yeah, have you seen ridiculous. Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's like. It, yeah, similar kind of. Yep, yeah. yep, similar vibe. So they got the director. They needed to figure out who was going to play RoboCop. Um, this was a pretty long process. They went through multiple uh, choices, including Michael Michael Ironside, Rucker Hauer, Tom Berenger, Armand Asante, Keith Carradine, and James Ramar. Uh, the studio really wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger. Robocop. Yeah, but he just did the Terminator. He can't another it robot movie. It wouldn't. Yeah, that wouldn't work. That yeah. would be weird. Typecast as a robot. Yeah, he's like playing robots. Well, he's, he's not just robot. He's also a cyborg. They said that in the movie. It's like yeah. you just played the Terminator. That then the work. same company released Orion. You yeah, were just saying the same, same company. Yeah. yeah. And close. was it just the first Terminator out so far? Yeah, uh, Terminator Two hadn't come out yet. That's a stupid idea, Kai. <laughs> Whoever came up with that, stupid. It wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> they um, the reason how dare you even mention that? Yeah, uh, it turned out that Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't get the movie. Uh, oh, that wasn't <laughs> that, that wasn't Arnold. That no. skinny twerp that, on the that, screen that, for two good. hours. No, they what realized what as, as soon as they talked to the guy that was designing the suit, because you know Arnold's a pretty big guy, and they need to build a suit that fits on top of the actor. Mm. And they were like, he's going to look like right. freaking Pillsbury Dope. He's, it's like, it's just going to be so over the top and so ridiculous. Uh, and then they realized they needed to find an actor who is skinny. He had, there's three criteria. He had to be skinny, uh, athletic, and had really good lips and a jawline. 
So a solid jockey. <laughs> yeah. The dude had some lips, I gotta say. Yeah, he did. He had some pointed, yeah. pointed yeah. jaw features. But yeah, also, I mean, three fourths the movie—that's all that was present. I thought he was a weird-looking guy, to be honest with you. <laughs> really? When I first when I first saw him on screen, I was like, "What? This guy's got a strange face. Yeah. He's got a face only a, only a RoboCop director could could cast." Yeah, and improved yeah. his appearance, <laughs> <laughs> cutting off half his. No face. offense, guy. I, I feel like he's probably an, an attractive man, but he it was it's an interesting face. Yeah, it's interesting. The, uh, the face belonged to actor Peter Weller, uh, who was a marathon runner. So he was he had the body type, uh, he had good enough lips for the role. Uh, so lips. they they cast him, and also uh, to his advantage, he had studied. Um, martial arts and mime, which was really handy because he needed to m- mime all the robotic movements. So mm. um, he he uh, hired his mime coach from Juilliard, and they spent seven months preparing the robot movements while the uh, the suit was being tailored to his body type. Wow! Wow! Uh, the suit took six months to design and just under a million dollars to make. Um. It was way over schedule, so they had to fit the schedule around all the shots they could do without the suit. And then they ran out of stuff to shoot, and they had to wait two weeks until the suit was ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, then the day that Peter Weller first put on the suit, it took 11 hours to put on. Whoa. And when he actually put it on, he realized, oh, fuck, all of the work that I've been doing on these my movements doesn't work because my the limitation with a suit so like seven months of mime training out the window. They didn't think about Dang. that during those. He described that during day any as of those seven months. <laughs> I feel like somebody <laughs> should think about that. Like we're yeah. like I mean, a million dollars into a suit yeah. production, and it's like you can't use. Can he your... function? I mean, the suit was over schedule. That was he had nothing to do, and he was. He described that day that he tried on the suit after eleven hours and realized that oh shit, I just wasted seven months <laughs> as the second most depressing day of his entire life. I can imagine that's a long time. That's like, yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> but he got in the head of a robot, though. That's what that's what counted. I He's, thought it looked great. He spent great. a lot of time with robots to get into that right headspace, huh? Yeah, <laughs> hanging around. So you're saying he's a method actor? I mean, allegedly, he hung out with a mime for seven months. Yeah. That sounds miserable, dude. No yeah. talking. Nobody would do that <laughs> oh if gosh. not for their job. You're, you're onto something. He, uh, he sent. So Peter Weller was kind of a weird actor. He sent uh, memorandas to the entire cast and crew that they were only to refer to him as Robo or Murphy for the entire set uh, shoot. So it is kind of a method yeah. kind of thing. Except everyone's like, I'm not going to... No, no one... <laughs> no one <laughs> no called no him one Robo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would fuck with him all the time. Nobody would call him by his name, and he dropped Aww. it after three weeks. But, um, it's rude. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't like big enough to actually. Like, yeah, he didn't have. He that didn't have power the clout yet. to assert that. What yeah. he should have done is wear the suit and talk to them like that, and then they would have responded. <laughs> no, no, he was, he was right, in the exactly. suit. Uh, and then the guy who plays Bob, who gets who gets killed in the cocaine scene, he knew uh, Peter Weller before, and so he would fuck with him and be like, "Hey, Peter," and then Peter would pretend not to hear him, and he's like, "Peter, you, you I'm listening. I'm talking to you," and then uh, Peter would be like. I don't know anyone named Peter. And then Michael's like, that's how you're going to do the voice? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you guys think the movie was filmed that took place in Detroit? I could see. Hints was it Chicago? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, my guess would be somewhere in the north. I mean, it seems... Look, that movie was missing like half the color wheel. It was like essentially gray the whole time. Okay. It was... Uh, it, most of it was shot in Dallas in the summer. Uh, the irony. Yeah. Let's find the sunniest place possible to film the darkest movie we can think of. That's, it's impressive. Maybe they're coming from the concept of like, you know, more light the better than we can reduce the light, but that's well, not how it works, is it? We talked about that same... Uh, that same look they had in True Romance when they were showing Detroit. And, like, Detroit in film has an actual... They just used the same color for all Detroit scenes. And it was, like, so clear in this movie. And it was also clear in, like, the... It's, like, people around, like, a garbage trash yeah. can. <laughs> and, uh, like, blues and and dark, like, purples and stuff. And um, But, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know where... I recognized the symbol because it reminded me of a symbol that I saw... In, on like a corporate building in uh, Chicago, so that's where that's where my guess came from. But no, yeah. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Okay. I would not. That was not all of us. <laughs> yeah, strange. A lot of movies around this time were like shitting on Detroit, <laughs> like True Romance and uh, Beverly Hills Cop. It was he was a tr- Detroit cop too? Oh, um, right. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So the uh, the it was filmed in like the intense Dallas summer heat. Uh, temperatures rose to 110 degrees, 120 degrees, filming inside. And then Peter Weller is in this this RoboCop suit, and he's shedding three pounds of weight a day due to oh, dehydration. Man. I would have yeah, assumed that. it was uh, air conditioned, for sure. Well, eventually they they put like air conditioning tubes and they like uh, jammed him down his suit just because it was so miserable. So hot, but yeah, I bet. Jesus, dang, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, he was getting really, really difficult. He was having a horrible time. He was taking all of his uh, frustration out on the cast and crew. He was clashing with Verhoeven, the director. Uh, he was refusing to say the lines, particularly the uh, prime directives uh, for his character. Why would he refuse to say those? They're not like I, they're, they're prime. not out of bounds by any means. Like I don't. Think. I I don't know. I think he was just being difficult. I'd, he it's was like, just throwing a, tan- a he tantrum. He didn't agree with yeah. those directives. <laughs> yeah, these yeah, aren't yeah. my. I do not serve that. the public. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that my character would serve the public. I Trust. Don't. All right, hold that. Hey, if they don't call him Robo, why does he have to do the I time mean, directives? I mean, to be honest, thing. as you guys kind of said, he was pretty much out of line. Like most of the movie, like <laughs> there was maybe the initial startup where he's like, "Okay, I'll follow the rules," and then. For the rest of the movie, the dude's out there like joyriding on his own, like doing his own shit. Totally he's like, at his old house. He's yeah. rolling up on Terrence and blowing up a meth lab totally solo. Like, it, yeah. that dude had no directives in Even mind. Even the first crime we saw him. Uh, Maybe that's why he wouldn't say stop. that shit. Yeah, he's like, this is like, this sense. goes against my character's motivation. <laughs> yeah. The first crime we saw him stop was the guy he threw through the ice machine and then like left there and he's like, oh, okay, yeah. see you later. Like, I yeah, did my job. It, it said arrest mode, and he literally <laughs> just kicked the shit out of him and <laughs> walked away. <laughs> the sh- yeah, their shop got right. shot up, like every because he was shooting machine gun at Robocop, yeah. and bullets were flying everywhere. So like, he like, destroyed uh, their shop, threw him in the ice machine, and left yeah. him in there. Hey Robo, they're gonna need a police report number for like <laughs> you're, insurance. You're welcome. Purposes. All right, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, he stood up for that lady though. Like, oh, the, shit. Uh, two guys were harassing that woman, and mm-hmm. then he like you know shoots the guy in the nuts through her. Did you think skirt. he was shooting her? No, no. Scene. He's like, I think that he's like recognized. Like, I think the whole scene was like he like he's like zooming in on that area. He's like. 
clearly there's no penis here. Shoot, <laughs> goes between her legs, hits the guy in the dick behind her. That's the that was the question that. that the robot. That's what had, I was uh, like. What was? Uh, why would he shoot her right there? <laughs> clearly, there's no. Penis. <laughs> well, like yeah, like that was. Uh, I wonder if they should have right because there. Robo played. He played judge and jury right there, man. He right. he thought this is this is how this crime should be handled. Right. Wow. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's and yep. he and he enacted that justice. He, and then, or so he felt. And then after he, he ensures her, he's like, Don't worry, ma'am. I'm gonna call, you know, the yeah. harassment agency to uh, yeah, the, report the, a rape. the rape crisis yeah. hotline. Yeah. And then meanwhile the guy did not get a paramedic. No, no, he got shot. In the dick. <laughs> he, he was, was already. Did, did we count him as dead? Because I, I don't, I don't think I did. we did. He's dead inside. That that fool would have bled out. I actually I counted him and uh, I counted him as a quotation mark arrest, along okay. with the guy through the. Oh, you counted arrests? Well, just just those like three back to back ones that we weren't sure if they died and they sh- shouldn't have, have been killed. Probably. I would have liked some closure on those. <laughs> we should check back in with them did after get, the credits. Did they get maybe. a booking number? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know. Well, <laughs> so, um, Ryan, what was the most egregious breach of uh, police protocol that you saw in this movie? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, right off the bat, I mean, the male-female changing room. That just simply would not. <laughs> that, that, that would that not was stand. A little startling. Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty bizarre. But you know what it reminded me of in um, Aliens. With an oh. S, they're like all those Marines, the the like space Marines. You know, you know the movie I'm talking about. Yeah, they share a locker room. They all share a locker room in that too, and it kind of gave me the, like the same vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, you wouldn't see that for sure. Um, but as we discussed prior, <laughs> Do you think, to, can you see a future where that might be the like the, like the, the women taking their bras off next I, to guys? I, in the I gotta shower. be honest with you, man. I see it going the complete other way, like like locker rooms <laughs> yeah. further apart. Um, but uh. No, aside from that, seriously though, I think right before we hit record, we we're discussing the, uh, or I brought up the dual oh. wheel, dual wielding handguns out, <laughs> out the passenger window as he you're fires. You're not allowed on, to do that. The car chase. Pre, yeah, there, pre-robot. There, there's zero room in our policy and procedure for dual wielding my partner's handgun. I'm surprised you guys don't practice double, uh, <laughs> double handguns. Yeah, on. yeah. Aside from just it being silly, uh, it, it, it's just not an accurate way to fire a handgun, especially while in a moving vehicle with no cover. Like they had no with like, zero cover. shields. With six guys with like heavy. He had a helmet yeah. on. He had a ballistic. Oh, yeah. Helmet. He had a visor. Yeah, yeah. He had a glass visor. Pardon me. Pardon me. You couldn't yeah. pay me enough to roll up ten feet from the back of a van with six guys with shotguns firing at my police car. Well, and that's the other thing too. Like you guys, I mean, you know, like you always have backup as a real police. Officer. Maybe if you could do a wheel, you'd feel more comfortable doing that. See? That's true. If you're gonna do a wheel, yeah, and and with my visor way. down, because somehow that visor was bulletproof. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. In either. the future, they fix the visors. They learn how to shoot two hands of pistols, and then you know things change. Yeah, right, modern right, problems, right, right. modern Absolutely. solutions. So, uh, but honestly, to answer your question fully is just. I mean, there was a lot, but I would say just the lack of a communication on a radio and b like doing things solo dolo like. Stay, Black communication stay, on radio. Stay in touch as you separate from your partner <laughs> and run into like a two thousand square foot or two million square foot mill, and you're just like gonna go take on like seven guys by yourself. That makes yeah, no fucking he, sense. He said stay in touch, and they never stayed in they touch. They did not. Stay I don't in think touch. they had radio. Radio. I never even would have th- thought. Well, to no, think. they had the little earpiece. Yeah. Right. Which, uh. which also, I mean, dude, that's 
that uniform was silly. They were in like spacesuits. <laughs> like they were in. How would you know like it was the airmen. future if they weren't wearing the spacesuits? Uh, I'm mean, fair enough, but either way, I, you know, I wasn't really into it. Huh. Yeah, that was their first human mission together, and uh, that was one of my favorite scenes. I think was when Lewis stops a dude who has who was who was peeing, you know, in his hideout, and uh, she stops him mid pee, so his wang's still hanging out. And then he, like, holds his hands up. Like, he knows this is going to work. This was his plan the whole time, is, like, just show her my penis. <laughs> and uh, she's pointing a gun at him, and he's like, you got me. And then she drops her eyes down to his penis for probably, like, six like, or seven seconds. Can I at least zip this up? <laughs> yeah. And she thinks about it. They have a moment. It's like, like in your head, it's like, is she going to look down or not? And she did. She's she fighting it. She's drunk. She's like, I'm not going to look. And then she <laughs> yeah. looks for five seconds, and he takes the gun. And that's why Murphy gets shot a million times, because of that moment. I cannot believe she, like, she did, she it was as to... ridiculous as that part where the Robocop shoots the girl through the skirt to hit the guy in the dick yeah. behind her. Like, yeah. It was just like one of those scenes. Like, really? Like... <laughs> So if she didn't look at that guy's penis, then maybe yeah, I think I think the movie would be yeah, yeah. the yeah. partnership would have stayed wow. strong right. and stayed human. He wouldn't pivotal. have become Robocop. But all, also, you know, Dick Jones wouldn't have been taken down. So in the long run, greater, greater good. good. Yeah. So yeah. I had an interesting thought about the villains. So like, the villain, the guy, I forgot what was the name of the main villain. The guy played by the guy who plays Red oh, Foreman. Dick. Oh no, no Clarence, Clarence Bedecker. Oh, was that, that guy. The name yeah. of him was, but what's the name of him in the movie? Do we remember? Cl- Clarence. That's oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So like, he reminded me of the villain in Cliffhanger, where he's like this diabolical, like ridiculous <laughs> yeah. overlord. You know, he even kind of looked like him. He's like balding, and you know, <laughs> that's a trait with most villains. Yeah, though. right. And like, they do not do thought, not have solid hair. I thought it was interesting that there was several different villains. They have the villain overlord Dick. Right, right, the corporate villain. But what was like, interesting was there was multiple villains, and they were some of them were even against each other. Like you know, like yeah. that was interesting that yeah. there was like these there were several different villains that had different motives going in different directions. You know, whereas like usually it's the villain versus the good guy. In this one, there was several villains kind of going in different directions. Yeah, taking each other out. And, mm. yeah, yeah, it was like this corporate corporate like overtaking. You know. Yeah, what would you yeah. say the most menacing thing that Clarence Bedecker did was? I thought that when they they, they made um, what was the name of Robocop before he was uh, Murphy Murphy. So yeah. like the part where they shoot his his hand off in the beginning and he's like kind of you know standing around and then they just unload on him for yeah. like a minute. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. My, my, my opinion on that one is uh, when I there was one time actually for the the old movie that I filmed right and I got pepper sprayed. The, the worst part about that whole thing was if, if somebody just does something to you and you just get it over with, awesome. It's always the thought is like the worst part about yeah, it, right? Oh, yeah. And so my buddy was just holding it in my face and like I, and just making me sit there and think about it and <sighs> stare at it, right? So in the movie, when, when Murphy's about to freaking meet his maker and he's like, and he like goes up to his head and then presumably probably goes down to his crotch and then like, He's all over the place, and then finally just nah, 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 your right hand's gone and just yeah. blows it off. I was yeah. like, "That's menacing, was, dude." Was that shocking to see Absolutely. like the main character killed in such a violent way so early in the movie? Yeah, like, it caught my attention for sure. I was like, "Oh, that's I some Game like, of Thrones <laughs> shit right there, man!" <laughs> yeah, like, just oh, yeah. main character oh, axed. Yeah, appropriate. <laughs> um, yeah. In answer to your question, I, I thought the the worst thing he did was 
when he he took the the secretary's name on her desk and put his gum on it. Yeah, that was <laughs> rude. <laughs> he really like, hit me yeah, up later. What a savage. For me, <laughs> yeah. it was when he walked in and he said, bitches out. And I was like, man, this dude's sexist, you know? Like, yeah. I can forgive him for a lot of things, but wow. When he tongue fucked that grenade pin, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was fucked. <laughs> what, a, what a bad guy. This is the actor who plays Red in that 70s show. I don't know if we mentioned that uh, to anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. But that he was pretty much plays little... the same guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same yeah. same character work. A few years later in his life, you know. Yeah. A little grayer, more of an asshole. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, so back to uh, Peter Weller, the actor who played Robocop, refusing to say the lines. Uh, so he was being so uncooperative on set that um, the director's like, I can't work with this guy. Uh, the head of Orion Pictures called up Peter Weller's agent. It's like, if this guy doesn't cooperate, I don't care if I lose millions of dollars. I'm going to fire him from production. Wow. And uh, so the agent's like, hey, you got to get in line. And then Peter Weller's like, no, fuck. Like, I'm not going to do it. So they fired him. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, uh, and then they used a stunt double to, do, um, to wear the suit so they could get reaction shots of the actors while they try to recast him. And uh, when Peter saw that, he's like, oh, shit, they're serious. <laughs> Uh, uh, hey, I'll, I'll say the lines, and they, and they hired him back, and they were kind of relieved because wow, did some of those shots make it in? Probably, probably, yeah. I'll but, never um, understand that like diva shit, dude. Like you're you're starring in a movie, just say the fucking line. Yeah, how do you think I, you like, are? I mean, whatever. I guess I'm not in that situation. Maybe there was some like other shit going on where they're asking him to do some stuff that was like. Contrary to his whatever is, I mean, his, his code. prime directive. He had it yeah, tough. His, his prime directive. <laughs> right, right, right. But but it seems to me like, dude, just say the fucking line. You're not you're not you're not Tom just, Hanks. Dude. Based like, on just, like the kind of research that I did and and hearing from the other cast, it seems like he was a little bit of a diva, and, and I think he deserves yeah some some critiques from that. Like he had them calling him Robo on the set for three weeks. Yeah. It just seems oversensitive. You know, he's the oversensitive actor did, type. Yeah. Are, are we aware of anything that he did prior that was, like, successful? Uh, Buckaroo Banzai. The fuck is that? Never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, Buckaroo uh, Banzai. From the 80s. Oh, yes. You Buckaroo Banzai. Actually, I show recall. the man some respect. What about after? In the 80s, it was a bigger deal. That took an Oscar, uh, right? What? Yeah, I know. What, what about <laughs> after RoboCop? Did he do Best anything after? Use of Banzai. Uh, <laughs> RoboCop 2, I guess. Oh, oh that's right. They, <laughs> you stuck with it after that, huh? No, I mean, allegedly, did. I don't know. It could be a stunt guy in the other two. I, I mean, uh, half his face is gone. All they had to do was get a guy with good lips. He was right. a villain in 24. The uh, show oh, okay. With, I remember 24. Are we talking about Kiefer Sutherland 24? It, yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever. No, I, I don't, that's, I, that's a small time role. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, compared to... I don't so know anyways, I think it... it Fair to say that he probably did not have the standing to really be that big of an asshole on set. No, Again, but and, we also and just that's, talked and that's about kind of why the entire crew didn't respect him. Right, right. right we right. also just talked about how he was being tortured in a hundred degree outdoor. That's true too. Body suit, like that's right. true too. Like the two, the two go together. I think okay. a little bit. Well, so he was having <laughs> a miserable time. Maybe they were giving him yeah. water. I right. Don't know. So that was his protest. I will not say my three directives yeah. until also, I get a bottle I need of this one more air conditioning tube, <laughs> yeah. please. It was also probably like you know he spent seven months getting ready for the role, yeah. only to have that whole thing kind of changed on him. Like I could see how that would mess up. I wonder if they paid like, for the mime, you know? 
who had to pay for mm. the mine? I, the yeah. production definitely did. And they also paid a million dollars to get a suit fitted to his body. So I think he felt like he had a lot of leverage. Yeah, yeah well, maybe he felt like they could have put a fucking AC in it. <laughs> <laughs> a window unit. A million dollars and you guys couldn't like put a little bit of... <laughs> that should have been the hill he died on, not the prime through. directives. The AC inside the suit. Dude. Uh, I'll tell you, that. so uh, obviously like our patrol cars have... AC naturally, right? Um, but so. the single best way to cool us down, and nobody uses them anymore. But and I didn't know what they were when I first started the job. But they're always in the trunk. Um, there's a tube, and then there was like a square opening on one end. And then apparently the way it used to work is you would drive down the road with this tube out the window, and then the other two would be stuck under your vest. <laughs> And that's how you'd get air into your suit. And that was like the best way to cool off. They don't so, do that anymore? I'm surprised they don't just take they a don't tube need to. from the air conditioning. I, I think just like wearing the outer vest now changes things a little bit. And then also just the AC is better. Like the Crown Vicks kind of had pretty poor AC. Not that's to, the, not to hate on Ford car. right now, but Yeah, the Crown yeah, yeah. Tour is right, right. So when you right, started it, I was like, what, what is he going to say is like the, the best way to cool us down? I was like, how do you... <laughs> How separate are police officers from like regular human beings that you need like a special cooling yeah, device? I guess I'm, yeah, I'm specifically referencing having to have the vest on. Yeah, and, and, no, uh, no. Anyways, but... I just as it relates to this guy wearing a suit, I could only hope they gave him some kind of tubage. Yeah, that really was the best way. I mean, awesome. the other actors are like, apparently nobody had a, a good time in this movie, um, in the production. But uh, any actors that were like miserable were just looking at Peter Weller and being like, well, at least I don't have to. Like be that guy. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Hey, we had a good time though. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. It's type two fun. Um, this movie had a number of budget issues. It went over schedule. It went over budget. Initially, it was greenlit for. They were like, "Hey, a Terminator did seven million. You guys can do seven million, right?" And they were like, uh, "No." <laughs> they upped it to ten million, and then they went three million over budget. And the studio's like, "Okay, we'll do three million." But that's it. Huh. And then uh, Paul Verhoeven, the director, was like, I know I'm not going to like deliver the movie for $13 million, So I'm just going to shoot all the stuff I, I need in the movie and leave the most important scene, which is um, Murphy getting killed. I'm, that was I'm the most leave... important scene. Well, if you don't have that scene, you don't. You like, that's, the most imp- that's the most crucial scene in the movie, right? You need Robocop. Or you need, hmm. okay. yeah. you need the death yeah. scene. So he intentionally left that scene off the schedule so that he could deliver everything he's already shot to the studio. And he's like, yeah, if you want to complete the movie, Vince we need another uh, million to shoot this scene. Okay, wow. so he pitched wow. it. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty smart move. He's an experienced director. Though. Yeah, man, it's, it's a game. Yeah. Hats off to them. That's crazy. So they, they finished at 13.7. So that was, the last, that was the last shot... Of they the shot. movie, then. That's the last shot they or, shot. Uh, the, uh, yes, the last shot that they yeah. shot. The only one that was done in L.A. Because the others were Dallas, and they had to move to Pittsburgh. Uh, the pit. The yeah. pit. <laughs> the Yinzers. The Yinzers. Nice. Nice, okay. nice. Let's talk. Should we talk deaths, Jake? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, there were a few of them. And, and honestly, some questionable. There's some questionable deaths. Yeah, yeah. No. A little controversy. So uh, the guy in the meeting, I don't know if he died. They called for the paramedic, you know, at the beginning. I think it's pretty fucking clear. <laughs> that, that dude is yeah. not coming back. Dude. Right. That dude had a funeral on right. screen. I'll actually count him. The guy in the meeting died. Can you fly, Bobby? He died. 
Um, Hold on, real quick though. That's like my favorite quote of the whole movie, and allegedly he ad libbed it. Can oh, you yeah? fly, oh, wow. baby? <laughs> like, like, I I say that in my normal life sometimes. I'm not really? even kidding. Really? I told you, like I watched this movie. Whenever a lot you're gonna throw kid, somebody out like, of so the window, randomly, yeah, like wherever my mind thinks it applies, I'll just go. Can you fly, baby? <laughs> like I don't know. That's Anyways, carry, carry on. Uh, in the raid, the uh, Murphy killed a guy. When they were watching like that show that they were cracking up at, Murphy gets killed. We're counting him, and then we have the montage of RoboCop arrests with quotation marks. The first guy he like knocks into a nice machine and then leaves. So we're not counting it necessarily. I'm counting this as an arrest. The next guy gets shot in the dick. Uh, the third guy is just the other guy that was mm-hmm. taken down next to that guy, and then definitely a dead body in the office. The hostage taker. Wait, um, that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went he went head first Hostage. out of like a four story window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he falls out the window and then if we count the corpse that that guy killed before he died, that's another one. Okay. So we're at one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six. That was the city councilman, right? Yeah. yeah the yeah. disgruntled employee, yes. And then I counted the biker, but he actually didn't die. And then um the creator of Robocop, Bob, who was one of the guys we were like, Oh, he's gonna be a villain, big time villain. He got killed by the bigger time villain yeah. in the reveal. Yeah. Uh, he got exploded, and then <laughs> after doing blow off of some now, of his chest, yeah, yeah, he was doing blow off titties one minute, yeah. and the next next thing dead. you know, he's got four bullet wounds in his leg and a grenade <laughs> going off on his table. I believe it was the <laughs> midpoint of the movie where we have this big showdown where RoboCop walks into the warehouse full of gangsters. He kills seventeen people inside. <laughs> no, way. was that the uh, the cocaine? Factory? Yeah, what yeah. a slaughterhouse! Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there were a couple where he shot, and I was assuming he killed somebody, but we didn't see it on screen, so I didn't count. But yeah, because Robo doesn't. Seventeen miss. on-screen deaths. Um, then there were five more. I'm trying to think where those five more came from. Oh, you have five more in the final battle when Red gets his gang back together and they go after Robocop Red one Foreman. by one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Red Foreman. <laughs> Red Foreman before he got married to you know <laughs> Take Kitty and had one Eric by Foreman. one, and then the uh, final corporate villain at the end. So that puts us at a total of. Uh, 29, unless we count the robot. Oh, which, but also, uh, I, don't, I don't think we do. Wasn't there like a television uh, special where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the peace <laughs> system accidentally fired and created this huge fire. Yeah, they in Santa kept Barbara showing and 114 unrelated known things. People are murdered. Yeah, yeah. but that, that, that seems unreasonable to yeah. me to count. 113. I'll be honest. Yeah, and we talked about that last or the last few times about like it has to be an on screen death. Right. So okay. we've got 29 or on screen 142. Deaths. I've got a question. So we, we, were, we had a debate earlier about whether or not Murphy, did he really die or not to create RoboCop? <laughs> this, because yeah, for doing the death count, I think this is an essential question to yeah. the movie. I personally wouldn't count his death because it was his human aspect that gave him... Remember he was having the memories about his family and right. like it gave him this like... It had an effect on his character in the movie, his human aspect. So in my personal opinion... I don't think he died. I think all you need to do is just look to the last line of the movie. What's your name? Murphy. The man is still alive. I think I'd so like too. to present another piece of evidence. Okay. All right. A few lines before that in the movie, uh, RoboCop is sitting there with Lewis having just escaped the police who shot him 
fifty thousand times. <laughs> right? You were talking about breach of protocol. <laughs> <but> yeah, that <laughs> that stacks up there. Uh, that dude with the M sixty uh, made no force. sense. A <laughs> hundred thousand yeah. bullets hit that guy. Yeah, dude. City um, did not have that funding for that ammunition. But he's talking to Lewis, and he says, "What happened to Murphy's family?" Oh shit! Murphy's I was wondering about this family, so not to my family. Well, he hadn't to had the Murphy's full. But I think family. he may just be confused. Like, let's take somebody who's—I mean, being semi-serious about it—somebody with Alzheimer's. They may not even recognize who they are anymore. They're not dead. Sure. They simply are just confused about who Still they are. A little hot, but now this guy obviously took a bullet to the brain. Yeah. That might. That might jostle some shit up in there, <laughs> uh, leaving you a little unsure of your identity. So we leave it to the viewer. Either he, either RoboCop took on Murphy's persona after the fact, uh-huh. you know, like he was like, oh, well, I used to be Murphy. Mm-hmm. I'll be Murphy again. I'll, I'll become a human. Yeah. Or... Uh, it's still Murphy in there. And so, he's still in there. He flips the gun. My, I know, my, my opinion is, and I actually agree with you. I don't necessarily agree with you for that reason. The reason I agree is just simply that uh, the machine aspect of him is what is making him tick. That's the part of him. You can put, you can program a memory into somebody, right? Like, it. you might still have that little bit of memory there, but if there's no other... Why would you program those memories into um, the, yeah, the RoboCop? That's a good point, dude. I, well, here's the I other totally res- I, I rescind that point, dude. I'm fucking stupid. So the, the here's the other thing, though, no. too. It's that um, it's I would argue that it's the human part that makes him tick. You know, it's the yeah. it's the it's the human element that brings him around. You know, when he has that you know the issue with his family, and he goes back and sees the memories, and it makes him emotional. <laughs> you know, and like, and and he's and he recognizes his partner Lewis, and he has sympathy for her. You know, and they become a partner. Robots don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, robots don't even walk down the stairs. Right. Yeah. I think it's the it's the entire message of the movie is that he retains his humanity because it's the whole movie is a commentary on capitalism and automation. How like you know society the way it's progressing, like people are trained to be more and more like robots. Robots are taking more and more jobs. And it's a rebellion to that with, you know, asserting someone's humanity. And so he's still, he's still a human at the end of, you know, him being turned into a machine. Well, it, it actually, I don't think, it's not answered in this RoboCop, but I believe in the 2014 RoboCop, it is somewhat answered as to mm. why they would want this in the first place. Mm, why would sure. you want a half robot, half human? And I think the way they... Uh, the way they justified in the the remake would be that they want a human's instinct, yeah, uh, coupled with a robot's ability to like enact uh. certain. Uh, I mean, like incorruptible. We'll say like you're driven by those protocols, but in a certain situation where only a human could read the room, right? From just based on Intuition. knowing human beings, uh, that's and why you want it. Robots can't even walk down the stairs. <laughs> but then robots can't walk down the stairs. Yeah. So, so it's not actually described in this one why you would want a human. I mean, because we were discussing it. Why, yeah. like, why even keep the human part? Why Kelsey, not just make him a fucking walking Kelsey robot? Kelsey showed up about 10 minutes late to watch the rest of it with us, and she said, Wait, why are they. I guess it's more than 10 minutes. She said, Why would they even include the human? Yeah. 
And we were like, oh, well, yeah, they'll probably answer that. the whole Ed 209 <laughs> and, scene. And they, they really didn't, though. No. It honestly just made it more confusing. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. we made this robot who has weird memories and makes him go fucking rogue. Like, yeah. sweet. The yeah. reason was yeah. because the uh, other robot couldn't recognize that the guy dropped the gun and then uh, blew him into a million pieces. That was yeah. the only reason. Just that, a that got greenlit. Yeah. yeah, just a glitch. Well, it, so it actually makes for an interesting conversation about, like, would it let's just say real world application would people really want a robot who operates exclusively on letter of the law out there enacting the no. enacting the isn't law isn't irobot no. about the same premise like with will smith isn't aren't those robots that are like cops no that are some okay. of them no, are. they're, they're just like like house like they're like servants okay i th- well, at least they do, I think. I, they, they they fulfill all kinds of roles yeah yeah they're yeah. they're basically just people um, yeah. yeah, no, I think there's something scary that the movie's touching on. It's like there's something scary when you remove humanity from something that Why? requires, like, what? Why? This? I mean, Derek was shaking his head no, right? So he clearly agrees with you. Why so, is that an issue? Because um, humans can be inhumane as well. and But they have the ability, they also have the ability to show mercy and, re- like what you said, read the room. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's certain applications where, like, you can't, do something by a textbook because it's an individual situation that requires a, a, a unique gray. set, yeah. a, a unique set of thought processes and decision making right. that can't be done by the book. You have to read the room, like what you said. Yeah, right. justice—you can't separate justice from having a conscience. And if you create a being without a conscience, then it's there's it's an un, it's an inherently unjust system. Okay. Yeah. So fair to say then that maybe that's why, or at least in the minds of the the people who wrote this or whatever, would want a human part coupled with a robot, the cyborg aspect of it, to add the human element like, okay, maybe there's a reason why this person did this thing and we can try to figure out a, a better solution rather than just you committed a crime you have 20 yeah. seconds to comply or i'm gonna right. fucking put 450 cal bullets yeah, through your chest it's like that ed 209. <laughs> ed 209 his response to the guy holding the gun in a threatening manner was the same to you've parked illegally you yeah. have 20 seconds to comply yeah like, i mean jesus like, yeah maybe that's that was a, that, like, dude, that dude would light yeah. up tiktok like, anybody who justice. did that like yeah. You've you got know. 20 seconds to comply <laughs> with this this parking infraction, dude. You're I feel, fucked. I feel bad for Dick Jones, you know? Like, he, he probably worked really hard to get where he was, and then he put all of his eggs in the, the N209 basket, and that thing was a disappointment, man. <laughs> well, as you said, ways. it really wasn't even about that. It was about, uh, it was about money, man. It was about selling it to the government and military application and then, like, parts and all kinds of other shit. So, again, I mean, as Kai said, that's, like, all about the uh, capitalism and um, just automation and... Injustice yeah. versus justice, what the difference is. I think I think that... Uh, what was the name of the first robot? Ed 209. So I think, I think yeah. Ed 209 was a symbol for, like, if you had a purely robotic justice right. system, that's what it would be like. It would be just cold blood, the unfair. Yeah, because you, you, know? you can't gauge morality... Right. Whereas at least RoboCop, like he had, he had a good moral code. He wasn't killing good people. He was only killing bad people or, or destroying bad people. You know. So he he did have justice. He was violent, but he had justice. He was on the good guy's side the whole time. You know. So that's something to think about too. You know. It's like that was his his moral side. You know. 
but he was breaking the law. Was he? Yeah, though? but the law would say that he was incorrect. I, I mean, was that what we were getting from that? I thought, what laws did RoboCop break? Oh, dude, I mean, I could point out a billion. Well, let's, I mean, like, let's do it. based on police protocol in Glendale today? Oh, okay, or, I mean, so let's at least just say this. He, when he apprehends Clarence Bedecker in the, the drug lab, was he being resistive in any way? Clarence? Yeah. Was he being Oh, resistive? right. He's, he's throwing him through windows. He's while throwing him through right. glass windows <laughs> yeah. because he's not giving him the information he wants. Like, yeah. that makes no fucking sense. Granted, could any human understand how a guy who theoretically killed you <laughs> yeah. is now within your grasp? And That's you funny. might want to throw him through a glass fucking window. But, but the job is that you cannot do that. So it, you have to overcome that that instinct that or that humanness, the urge. To yeah, that mean. urge, and so that's what RoboCop's supposed to be. And clearly, he's a shitty ass <laughs> RoboCop because he didn't do that. It's interesting you bring up that scene because they did a um, a test screening because the the people who made the movie were concerned that specifically the police were going to be offended by their portrayal in the movie. No shit. So they did a test screening just for police officers. <laughs> And in that specific scene where he's throwing him through windows while he's reading him his, his Miranda rights, yeah, they were applauding. <laughs> like, like, they loved. It. They loved it. I mean, yeah, it's it's funny to 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 laugh about for sure, or be yeah. like, ah, yeah, that guy got what's coming. But it's definitely a different thing to fucking do it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Like, fun to watch it in a like movie. we're always gonna. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's silly. A it's a fantasy movie. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? But um, yeah, I mean, I would only hope that. That that wouldn't really happen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Robocop didn't inspire. But I, but I, too much, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Could theoretically, if if this guy blew your hand off, put a bullet through your head, and ordered his five subordinates to shoot you with shotguns repeatedly, <laughs> if you then had that man within your grasp, would you want to throw him through a a, a glass window? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's fairly fucking understandable. I, might, I think I might try it. Yeah, well. give it a go. <laughs> See how it feels. <laughs> Apparently, it felt good because he did yeah, it like four it. times. Yeah, four yeah. times. Um, so this movie had some explosions. Uh, Paul Verhoeven, the director, his motto for explosions was, "It should it should be bigger and bigger." Uh, so they were they were actually exploding real buildings in Dallas. Um, one scene, stuntmen were positioned way too close to the explosives, and shards of glass came, hit them in the face. They were all paid an additional $400 in compensation for the incident. Um, you can actually see one guy shed his jacket because it caught on fire because he was too close to the explosion. Wow. Jeez. Um, the gas station explosion in particular was so much bigger than expected. All the windows within a two-block radius were shattered. Whoa. Multiple calls to the Dallas Fire Department. Uh, were made by unsuspecting civilians. Uh, <laughs> and that civilians. was the one that Robocop was just walking away from, right? Yeah. I thought that was no, just like a fire kidding. explosion because it had the blast capacity to no, it was, it was. Windows. I mean, it looks great on film, but like in real life, it, apparently it was not uh, okay. In Damn. fact, the, the city uh, council of Dallas changed their like ordinance around filming permits like, after, after that. Limiting the explosions. Which and means, it's crazy that they just... Get to keep making them. Honestly, that they get to keep making the movie after well, they do yeah. a, a Some stunt of the research like alluded to that's why they had to change location to Pittsburgh. Is after uh, that scene, yeah, they, they, they kind of overstayed their welcome. So yeah, they get to keep making the movie. <laughs> oh, they <yeah>. just move. <laughs> Not, yeah, just, just like, oh well, we haven't blown up Pittsburgh yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Pittsburgh, here we come. There's a movie. <laughs> blowing up things in Dallas. 
Blowing um, up things in Dallas. I bet they forgot to mention that to the Pittsburgh uh, <laughs> committee, the city committee. Oh, yeah. Were well, there like any more gas station scenes? No? Cool. <laughs> yeah. We're good. But there is yeah. a fucked up mill with some toxic yeah. waste. They did that. That's the one they did in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. How'd I know? That, that, that mill had Pittsburgh written all over it. That mill looked so Pittsburgh. You got it. I really liked how much time they spent showing footage of that guy melting. <laughs> Like, oh my god! It was like very multiple, several yeah. different angles, and like time was like put into a few minutes. Money was spent yeah. on that dude's look for sure. Yeah. He had like three stages of toxic evolution going on with him. Yeah. And then you hit him yeah. with a yeah. car. He was basically and he a new creature. Like yeah. he rewrote his DNA yeah. by yeah. the time fucking got... red blew him up. They were getting us ready for the the sequel. So how was uh, how does this one compare to the RoboCop that you saw previously? Oh, uh, I enjoyed this one a lot more. I think, but. Different type of movie, like the the first uh, the first one, the newer <laughs> RoboCop, the first one that I saw, the newer RoboCop. It was just less comedy. It was more of an action movie, and like trying. And I, from what I remember, it was a long time ago. Um, it was that it was more trying to like feed into the morals of RoboCop, and like it was a serious movie. Yes, and, compared, yeah. and it was less bloody. It was there was not nearly as much violence. I think this one. That's an aspect of the 80s. I mean, it's just... Absolutely. I mean, this one came out. It was topical. There was this Reagan administration reaction. Uh, It was 1987. It was a satire. Uh, I'll just say the Rotten Tomatoes for this movie is 90%. The remake is 48%. Yeah. Uh, 90. Wow. That that holds weight for sure. I would actually think lower on the remake. I thought it was absolute dog shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah? I mean, that's me personally, but... Yeah, I I didn't like it. I I thought it was pretty bad. This movie reminds me a lot of Dread, also or Judge Dread. Oh no way! Yeah. Uh, so the the guy who wrote it, he was uh, he was reading like a bunch of comic books. He yeah. he attributes Ju- uh, Judge Dread, the comic book, as a major inspiration for this character. So did the Stallone film Judge Dread come out after this? It did. Yeah. 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 I also like uh, and a, a big part of like eighties movies that I enjoy, and re- part of the reason why I like this one better than the remake too is the use of practical effects. You know, yes. I love when the yeah. 80s movies use all these crazy practical effects like that dude's, you know, meltingness from the toxic waste. I love that, yeah. All yeah. exploding blood. Yeah, you know, it's, dude, it's not CGI. Yeah. And yeah. I believe, like, with Ed 209, it's stop-start yeah, animation, it's, it's right? Stop, stop motion. Yeah. Bill Tippett, who did, like, the Star Wars stop motion. Mm-hmm. He's a fam- it, most famous guy. They, they integrate it pretty seamlessly. Like, it, yeah. it, it looks... I mean, you can tell it, now, but... It, well, it obviously <laughs> yeah. looks fucking dated to us now, but, I mean, like... Putting yeah. it at 35 years ago, it's like, okay, I mean, that yeah, it's looks believable pretty enough good. for you to like get it's believable it. enough. So I can yeah. only imagine a race 35 years of people's experience with cinema, and that had to have looked like pretty top notch, I would yeah. think. I don't know, at least yeah. good enough to like play the role that it played, yes, sure. <laughs> which was yeah. almost a joke role, like, yeah, yeah, like it was scary for a minute when it was chasing Robocop down, and then. Literally, that standoff. I did not expect that relief. standoff to end how it did. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. yeah. Robocop and, and is very injured and he escapes the robot, the um, 209, right? Ed. 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 Yeah. Ed. He escapes Ed by walking down one half of a flight of stairs <laughs> yeah. and waiting. He, he knows that it's going to work. He's like standing in sight of him. <laughs> like the thing has guns, but instead, it, like, 
is trying to figure out the stairs for an, an extended period of time. Like that's like yeah. a minute long. He's feeling scene. it out. He's like, yeah. uh, and then he falls down the stairs and is defeated. <laughs> that yeah. is a good point. It's Robo just, was kind of trolling him. Like he's right there at the edge of the railing and he's like, oh, come you can't get yeah. me. Yeah, he's like, this fucker can't do it. He cannot traverse. You don't this. have a human brain. You can't come down. This is this not the all wheel drive version of Ed Two Hundred Nine. There was a there was a version of this script. This is not a fact. This is what I'm this is what I'm speculating where there was a climactic robot beats robot victory in that scene and they were like no let's let's do something where he like falls down the stairs or something it'll be quicker it'll be cheaper to animate and they like switched it you know you know what that scene kind of reminded me of you know in in return of the jedi when uh it's the first uh scene in like jabba's lair those weird like guards they have the Ed 209 on its back, like squealing like a dog, it sounded like those those oh, guards yeah. when, when they're, they're getting pressing e- the like the molten stuff to the feet and of the, no when they're know. getting eaten they're getting eaten by that like big oh, monster yeah, 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 thing yeah. they, they, they yeah. I swear they reuse the exact same sound <laughs> they reuse the soundtrack I swear to God we'll listen to it again okay uh, um, here's one like just little trivia anecdote that I thought I I just really enjoyed this. Uh, there was a bank robber in Sacramento trying to evade the cops who got away by sneaking into a movie theater, uh, became so engrossed with the movie that uh, he just got caught up in the movie and didn't notice that the police had been evacuating everyone else from the movie theater. And then by the time they turned the lights on, it was the police and they arrested them. And that movie was RoboCop. <laughs> that's the kind of story somebody on the RoboCop marketing team made up. That's that's quite I a story. I almost can't believe this dude would watch like <laughs> at least 80 people leave this theater and not think no, he was, anything was up. He was watching the movie. It was Nothing captivating. In his um, the laughter in the theater just starts dying down a little bit, a yeah, little bit yeah. more. Where'd everybody go? <laughs> yeah. and he wants to watch a movie about cops when he's running from the cops. He stands up for a yeah. standing ovation by himself. The whole around. audience is just law enforcement, just like <laughs> yeah, right, there, yeah. that shit go. was sick, right? That's smooth. <laughs> they replace people instead of get rid of. Oh, they yeah. just yeah. That, they so that that I actually might believe. Yeah. <laughs> they start laughing. I long. mean, yeah. I hope it's true because I, I really like that story. <laughs> Me too. Um, so the as I said before, the ultimate bu- budget was $13.7 million. The film was released July 17th, which was my dad's birthday, so it's fitting. It's my father's favorite movies. Uh, 1987. Uh, any guesses on how much this movie uh, performed domestically? Total or like just the initial opening weekend? Uh, total. Total. In theaters, no idea. Sixty-five million. I was gonna say fifty million. Uh, nice job, Ryan. It was fifty-three point four. Um, which was how you doing? It's really good for rated R movie. Um, the highest grossing movie that year in nineteen eighty-seven. Three Men and a Baby. You guys seen that one? I think I have uh, seen that. Tom Selleck, right? Yeah, yeah, I have. That one the got, mustache himself. Yeah. That was 167, 167 million. Oh, okay, so it fucking spanked RoboCop. Jeez. Yeah, but it's but back then spanked. like if you had a rated R movie, it was just a huge setback cuz uh you know, yeah. so your kids aren't going to see it and shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but RoboCop was number 16 of the year. It was pretty good. Back then 53 million was was substantial. Um more than they expected. Yeah. Um nice. They made and also, back. they yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to mention, it was a victory. The following year, Robocop became one of the highest rented movies 
uh, on VHS that year uh, with demand outstripping supply. <laughs> Ryan recording raises his hand. It oh, had yeah. the longest <laughs> yeah. waiting list. I was a renter, I'm sure. <laughs> or at least a purchaser. In- I have all three. They're all still sitting at VHS? home. VHS? Yes. But I have to imagine they were rented first, but I can't say yeah. for certain. Uh, when it was released, like, it, it cost like $90 <laughs> to buy a VHS copy. But uh, the waiting list was the longest waiting list of any movie that year to, to rent the movie. No because wow. it was just in such high demand. Because there were the two sets of boobs in that movie. So yeah. you, know, you had to rent it. That's they right. were scarce, yeah. but you know, impactful. Scarce. scarce. Yeah. <laughs> Pause button was used. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, not to mention, the uh, the film spawned two sequels, one reboot, a television series, a comic book adaptation, multiple video games, as well as over $1 billion in toy lines and collector statues. So, $1 billion, you said? Over Success. $1 billion, yeah. Wow. So, you know the song, Duel of the Fates? Where would it be the best part for that? I was thinking about this. Song in this movie. I think that maybe it would be when he's getting shot by a thousand police officers in a in a line, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna nominate the scene where it's the car chase and he's uh, dual wielding out the window. <laughs> the <very> beginning. <laughs> that was pretty great. Uh, That's I, it's so absurd. Think. I just they I weren't. Can't. They didn't even look like they knew what they were doing. He looked like a civilian. <laughs> like if one of us was trying to do that, what we would look like if we were. So doing I that. hope I would look that cool. Uh, th- and this is kind of a question. To to you guys, well, it's a question I to everybody will say, but do you find it more entertaining to shoot shit like that, or to, at least to watch stuff like that, than something that is far more accurate to how something would actually be done? Because it's way more calm and calculated. I mean, granted, yeah. like random, unpredictable shit happens in life, hundred percent, but. For most of those things, like running into a mill with just you and your partner against like seven, like that would never happen. Right. You would sit on the outside. You'd have a... Wait till they're surrounded. I mean, at the bare minimum. Like, I mean, at the bare minimum. Like, we're talking about a major metropolitan police department. Like, they have some fucking resources. For at least a a helicopter. You know, (laughs) like, like that would be overhead. You know what I mean? For a murder suspect. Allegedly, this guy killed what? I, I think they said like 36 cops. Oh, yeah. He was the, like uh, a, a suspected yeah. of killing 36 cops, and then yeah. you're just going to run in low, to his low lair? Yeah, low security. Yeah. No security. Yeah, with a partner that you met today? <laughs> yeah, blowing bubble gum. <laughs> uh, fuck yeah. knows the answer to yeah, that one. Yeah. So anyways, I'm sorry. Back to the original question, which is just, do you think like, do you think they're aware when they film shit like that, that that is absolutely not at all yes. how it goes. Yeah. yeah. I, I and they just find it more entertaining. In, in the case okay. of this movie, I think this movie wasn't trying to take itself so seriously. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, yeah, it was more for entertainment, but I, I, if a movie is trying to take itself really seriously, then I do care about that stuff, but not, yeah, I, I didn't, absolutely, I didn't mind it. For they this definitely movie. both have their place, but even the, the movie that's going to be like the most realistic movie mm-hmm. is not going to be very realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would say in definitely in some aspects. Like they can yeah. they can nail some stuff. And I've seen some movies where it's like, oh wow. Like they use the right vernacular. They're like sure. and more or less using tactically like how it would go, but then some shit's still just like out of pocket. Yeah. So mm. for sure. Still gotta be an action movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I mean definitely there's awesome modern movies that feel more real. Mm-hmm. 
but that doesn't take anything away from still to this day completely ridiculous over the top movies which are also great absolutely which this this is one of those top of the list <laughs> yeah uh i mean i i texted you ahead of this that i think uh you ryan that uh i think this is a perfect your father's favorite movies right movie um yeah. oh it is man because it is definitely four fathers it's an r-rated movie it's like a heavy action movie it's like got some insane violent sequences in it uh but it's also um highly entertaining and uh for uh so we're doing two rating systems okay one is um how much you enjoyed the movie it's the entertainment score so how much you personally had fun watching the movie and the other one is if you were like on the oscars panel voting for best picture Mm -hmm. if you're a critic you know what what how like uh what would you score the movie and they're both on a, a a scale of one to ten so um, as the Oscars like prestige pick, I would give this movie maybe a six point five. Okay. Because um, I did think it, it had like some important stuff it was trying to say, and it did it through the satirical way that I think they they nailed pretty well. And uh, and as an entertainment movie, I'd give it an eight point five. Okay. Nice. Right on. Yeah, that's good. Because, yeah, it's really fun. Who's up? I'd, I'd say, critically, I'd give it a 7.5. Uh, let's call it a 7.7. 7. Oh, Whoa! Wow. I thought it was really good. <laughs> That's um, never been done get before. Get out of town. And I thought, like, <laughs> I, despite all of the silliness and all the jokes, like, I was really was along for the ride, and the, like, villain twists really were twists to me. Like, maybe you could have seen them coming if not for, like, how invested you were in certain areas, but they really did a good job of, making you look at this thing and then being like, oh, there's a different villain. Explosion! And uh, it was really cool. And it was really... I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, this is probably not for this moment, but it was weird that like he had a wife and a kid that actually weren't in the movie. I, it wasn't kind but of weird. But it was they, cool. They, you never saw them again. You never no. like, learned what happened to them. But it was like... It was part of like the... That's not this movie. That's in the past. That's gone. Right. That huh. Murphy is dead. Anyways, I really liked it critically. Um, so personally, I would say it was a... 8.5. I'll follow you there for that. I enjoyed it a lot. 7.7, huh? 7.7. 7.76. <laughs> oh, shit. No, we can't do, <laughs> can't do two decimals. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of break it down to the hundreds. This is out of, yeah. out of hand. <laughs> this is our first non, you know, 0.5. Is it really? D- division okay, of I can be 7.5. That's fine. <laughs> no, we can, we can do 7.7. <laughs> I think uh, critically, I... I I am where Jake is about like it had yes it was ridiculous and the the comedy factor was you know it was outrageous it was an outrageous movie but like I didn't think it took too far away from it being a good movie like with a good storyline and etc like I wouldn't put this as a so bad it's good movie I'd put it as an like on the cusp of being that but actually a good movie the comedy was so intentional it was very yeah yeah, like like it wasn't like self-aware it wasn't like a point break where like keanu reeves's terrible acting was hilarious and it was very enjoyable to watch it was (laughs) whatever booty yeah yeah it was like this movie i say what i feel yeah like this movie the comedy was intentional and i think that that's hard to pull off so i'd say critically i'd give this movie a seven uh seven on the dot Entertainment-wise, I was very highly entertained. I loved it. Um, 
I'd give it an 8.5 as well. Nice. Yeah. Three 8.5s on the entertainment scale, yeah. Well, listen, I'm uh, I'm going to do you one better. I give it a – and keep in mind most of this is due to, we'll say, uh, my – just my experience, my, 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 my nostalgia bias, it's coming up with a nine. Like, and as I, and as I told you, I still quote this movie okay. in my life. Like, and <laughs> right. for dumb reasons. So you think you can fly, Bubby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Can you fly, Bubby? Uh, or like, sometimes I wonder like, wh- what happens if I walked up and I said, dead or alive, creep. <laughs> some shit like that. Like, what if I said that? can't say that but yeah. i mean it's funny for me to think about it. what and are I some other think about quotes it. that you throw um, out there buddy i think you're slime <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's a perfect response like yeah. i bet you don't like me very you ever much. Uh, you ever walked into a room and said leave bitches there's a fuck there is a fuck ton of one-liners like yeah. like truly entertaining shit um, and so I give it a nine for that reason. And again, I mean, I've been watching this for damn near 25 Wait, years. Which, which rating the entertainment or, uh, the or entertainment goal? value. I give it a okay. nine. Now you want to talk critically. I think I'm on board with the 7.5. Uh, and that is because I feel like they, um, they approached some, some topics that they were very aware of, yeah. um, what they were and did it comically. Like if I felt like they just kind of bumble fucked their way through it, and they weren't even aware of the topics they were kind of discussing, and that it was unintentionally comical, yeah, it obviously would be lower. But I think they did it very intentionally, so that's yeah. why I give it the rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! It's a layer movie. Of, uh, there, I have one last uh, category, uh, just because I feel like it's appropriate for the podcast. Would this movie have been improved with Christopher Walken as a villain? <laughs> Interesting. Improved. As like which villain, like who, 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 which one? Oh, if, okay. He couldn't play Dick Jones. No, that guy, that guy, yeah, better Dick Jones than anybody. I feel yeah. Like. I guess it, it would have had to be um, Red. Red. Whose Foreman. name is not? He could have played Red. Yeah. Clarence. He could have yeah. played. But Red, Red did so yeah. good. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't switch him. No. You know. So uh, Paul Verhoeven cast him because with glasses, he thought that uh, Red looked like Heimlich Himmler. Uh, Heinrich, Heinrich Heinrich Himmler like the Nazi and he thought that was uh, as, really? as, a, as a guy who like grew up in uh, in Denmark during World War II he thought that was uh, very close I can, to home. I can see that hey Red no offense, come on Red, in you look like a, a Nazi <laughs> sympathizer <laughs> didn't tell him that you look like a, mem- a high ranking member <laughs> of the Nazi the only, party only reason yeah, like, I like, cast you <laughs> you <laughs> look like a Nazi <laughs> <laughs> fair enough but all right. Well, good movie. Yeah, yeah good it was movie. a great movie. Glad you guys all enjoyed it. Seemed like it was pretty consensus, at least. Yeah, on the entertainment, and we all thought it was, uh, you know, pretty. It held its own critically too. Yeah, I'd say it so, was prime. Yeah. And yeah. and if I'm not wrong, Directive. we've got theoretically there's two more that fit into the uh, oh <laughs> category. There might be some so. sequels. Indeed. At a later point. Indeed. All right. Thanks. We'll uh, we'll see you again next episode, and that's the end. Your favorite movie. <laughs> Thank you.